بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد ونسلی علیہ رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ چنائی از دا ایٹین آف ڈسمبر ان دی ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری الحمد للہ وی موو آن ٹو دا فورٹی سکس نائٹ of the eminent companion Sayyidina Abu Hurairah radiyallahu and I inshallah spending now a few sessions taking a glimpse into a few of his blessed words of wisdom so in a report recorded by Imam Ghazali rahmatullahi in his Ihya in the chapter on love and brotherhood page 105 of the English translation a man once came to Sayyidina Abu Hurairah radiyallahu and said I wish to make friendship with you for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Abu Huraira responded, Radiyallahu, Do you really know the rights of a friend? Indeed, one of the rights of friendship is that your right in your property and wealth is not more than that of mine. The man responded, I have not reached that stage. To which Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiyallahu replied, then go away. Aye, for what sort of friendship is this? <laughs> so what's happened? So a man obviously came to Abu Huraira radiyallahu and he said, I want to make a friendship with you purely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So obviously his intention was good. But Abu Huraira then explained to him what that entailed. He goes, do you know the rights of a friend? Because one of the rights is that your right in your property and wealth is not more than that of mine. Meaning, what's yours is mine, and what's mine is yours. The man said, I've not reached that stage, meaning I'm not that strong or noble companion. So he told him, because then leave. In other words, this isn't what you should be asking. In other words, you haven't got the strength to fulfill this. So now, if you look at this, you're thinking, is that one of the rights of friendship? So the response here is, it's a special type of friendship. And it's referred to as Sadiq in the Qur'an. So clarifying upon this, Imam Ghazali in his Ihya, in the chapter on the manners relating to eating, page 22 to 3 of the English translation, Hassan al-Basri, he once stood as he ate from the goods of a grocer in the market, taking from this jar a fig, And from the other, a dry date. So picture the scene. So Hassan al-Basri, he's in the market. He's standing near one of the stalls. And like we say in today's day and age, he's helping himself. He takes a figure. Then he takes a dry date. So Hisham, rahmatullahi, he asked, Oh Abu Sa'id, rahmatullahi, how do you reconcile piety with eating the goods of this man without his permission. Hassan al-Basri rahmatullahi said, O foolish one, recite to me the verse of food. <laughs> so what's happened? Stop in the report. So obviously, on the face of it, why is he eating from a stall when the owner's not there? So a man asked, he goes, How do you reconcile this with piety? 
So Hassan al-Basfi said to that man, he goes, Oh foolish one, recite to me the verse of food. And the verse of food is Surah Al-Nur, Surah 24, verse 61. And he knew the verse, so he recited it. He got <coughs> to the part of the verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, O Sadiqikum, O Ayi, you may eat from a sincere friend of yours. Hisham thereupon asked as to who this was being referred to. Hassan al-Basri replied, He with whom the soul is at ease and the heart is at rest. So what was happening? This owner of the stall was a very dear friend of Hassan al-Basri. And what does the Quran mention in this long verse, Surah 24, verse 61? Allah Ta'ala is talking about or explaining where you can eat from without any problems. So it starts off with your family, mentions family. But then suddenly Allah Ta'ala mentions, O Sadiqikum, or you may eat from a sincere friend of yours. So the narrator, he asked, he goes, who is this? Who is Allah Ta'ala referring to there? Hassan al-Basri said, it's not every friend. It's he with whom the soul is at ease and the heart is at rest. Meaning a very near and dear friend. So now how is this report related to the previous one? Because the man who came to Abu Huraira, he was asking to become that friend. He actually said, I want to become like this with you. So Abu Huraira obviously had to explain to him what that entailed. And he goes, what's yours is mine and what's mine is yours. And of course, you know, how many people are at that level? So if you look at your friends, your circle of friends, how many are actually, including yourself, are you at that level? Would you mind that if he ate whatever he came into your dwelling, ate what he wanted to eat, drink, you know, would you get offended by that? Would you get hurt by that? Then he's not a Siddiq. So Allah Ta'ala is mentioning that this is a very special type of friend. So Abu Huraira, when he told the man, the man goes, I'm not strong enough for that. Then he goes, then leave. In other words, don't ask to be like this. So he wasn't shooing him away. He goes, you haven't got the, the conditions to have that. And note, Abu Huraira didn't say, I haven't got that. <laughs> Meaning, I've got this, but of course, you haven't got that state. So note, is he educating? Of course, he's educating, he's teaching. So thus, how many true and sincere friends do we really have? <laughs> This doesn't obviously mean, you know, you pick the guy's pocket because he doesn't mind. Right? You take his wallet out. Right? It just means that, you know, there's like a kind of a relationship with you. In fact, it gets to a stage where I can't remember the reference, but one of the Salaf, he had a place, a stall, and when he saw his, his close friend there, he noticed he hadn't ate anything. And the, the saintly soul got upset. He goes, you've offended me. He goes, how? He goes, why didn't you eat? And he goes, I was waiting for you. And then he goes, you don't wait for me. Eat. So look how strange the whole conversation is. You've offended me. You, you, you probably praise him. say, mashallah, you're a man of taqwa. Even though the food was there, you could have helped yourself. You didn't do it. Why did he get offended? Because this is Quran. And Allah Ta'ala, in a very beautiful way, is mentioning that category with affection. He goes, oh, gives him an honorable mention, like you say in today's and it's oh, Sadiqikum. So, Lord, there are people like this, you know, in your circle of friends, you notice you don't mind. But if you do mind, that means he's not as close as you think or he thinks he is. In another report, it mentions this is in Asbahani Targheeb 
Hafiz Zahbi in his Qaba'if. The hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa is recorded in Bayhaqi in his Shu'abul Iman. In a long report, it is related that Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiyallahu once said to a gathering of students on a Thursday evening, I forbid anyone who has broken off his ties of kinship in this assembly. Any such person should now stand up and leave. So picture the scene, is Thursday night, high Friday, Islamic week. He's done a halaqa, he's done maybe a circle of knowledge or dhikr. And he's now asking, anybody who's broken ties, please leave. So what's interesting, he didn't tell them to leave before the halaqa. So they partook of the halaqa, the gathering. But he wanted to now make a dua. So he said, anybody who's broken ties, like we say in today's day and age, don't get offended. Please just leave. The report says no one left until he repeated this three times. So that's very interesting. Why? Because maybe there was, people were embarrassed. Why? Because who wants to get up? No one stood up except a young man from the far end of the circle. He left the assembly. He went to his paternal aunt, whom he had not visited for years, to apologize to them. She was surprised to see him and she said, Oh my nephew, what has brought you here after all this time? He replied, I was in the company of Sayyidina Abu Huraira, the companion of Rasulullah and he said, and he mentioned the incident. His aunt then told him, Oh my nephew, go and return and ask why he had made that statement. Because you haven't got clarification. The nephew thus returned to Sayyidina Abu Huraira and informed him of what had happened with his aunt and asked, Why should one who has broken relationships not sit with you, O companion of the Prophet? To which he replied, I have heard Rasulullah say, The mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not descend on a group of people if there is amongst them one who has broken relationships. So let's look at this. So it shows how pious the assembly was. Now, if you be honest, if you made that, you know, if a sheikh makes that announcement now, everybody will probably get up, right? And sheikh will get up, you'll be the first one to get up, right? So this is how pious the times were. Nobody gets up. But then eventually a man gets up. And he's, like he says, he sneaks out. And look how noble that was. He wasn't speaking to his aunt. We don't know why. Whose fault was it? No idea. But they had broken, die, uh, broken down their relationship. But he had so much love for Abu Huraira. He wanted to make sure to go back into the gathering. He went to his aunt. And his aunt said, you know, why, why have you come? What's brought you? And then he, she, he mentioned Abu Huraira's statement from the Prophet He goes, go and ask. He went back. And Abu Huraira then said, I heard Rasulullah say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that Allah's mercy does not descend on a group of people if there is amongst them one who has broken relationships. So now this is very important to explain. Because if you just leave here, that, shaitan will put this into your heart. There's no point going to gatherings. Because there's no mercy. Guaranteed, because I'm breaking ties. So, what's the point of going to a gathering? So the mistake you've made is that Abu Huraira only said this when they had finished the halaqa. 
You understand, right? So you should still attend even if you've got this weakness. Because obviously, which one of us is not sinless? Because, you know, we've all got sins. But he was referring to a moment where he now wants to make a dua. Another report indicates that. And of course, when duas are being, when you're making dua, you need to have purity. Clarifying further. Abu Huraira, he relates that Abu Lubin Messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, إِنَّ أَعْمَالَ بَنِي آدَمَ تُعْرَضُ عَلَى اللَّهِ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَ أَشِيَّةَ قُلِّ خَمِّيسٍ لَيْلَةَ الْجُمْعَةِ Verily the deeds of the child of Adam والسلام, are shown to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every Thursday evening, the night of Friday. فَلَا يَقْبَلُ عَمَلَ قَاطِئِ رَحِمٍ However, the deeds are not accepted of the one who breaks the ties of kinship. So this is recorded in Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, Bukhari's Allah Dabal Mufrad, number 61. Shaykh al-Bari, rahmatullah in his checking of the Allah Dabal Mufrad, detected a weakness. So let's look at this. So in this report, which has a weakness in the chain of transmission, our beloved messengers reported to have said, sallallahu alayhi wa that your deeds are shown to the Almighty and Glorious, every Thursday evening. And of course, that means the Friday, Islamic. So it's a very holy night. Your deeds are shown. Weekly deeds. The deeds, فَلَا يَقْبَلُ amala قَاتِئِ rahim. The deeds are not accepted of the one who breaks the ties of kinship. So now this is talking about deeds. It's actually preventing the acceptance of your deeds. So the scholars point out, this shows this is a kabair, this is a major crime. It affects the entirety of your deeds. You know, famously you hear this, if you give sadaqah, but you've got needy family, your sadaqah is not accepted to others. You know, we hear that. Well, that's just one example. Why have you restricted it to sadaqah? Your deeds aren't accepted. This means that the deeds obligation is fulfilled, but in terms of rewards, it's paltry. So now, why have I mentioned this has a weakness? This narration is da'if. Why? It contradicts the authentic hadith from our beloved messenger. What did he say? Deeds are presented to the Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala of all that exists on those two days. I Mondays and Thursdays. And I love that my deeds are presented whilst I am fasting. This is a Sahih Hadith as mentioned by Shaykh Al-Bani Rahmatullah in his Irba Ul-Ghalil number 948. So in the Sahih Hadith is Mondays and Thursdays your deeds are shown to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the Da'if Hadith it mentions Thursday evening. So obviously it's a contradiction. So the Sahih Hadith naturally takes precedence. So Mondays and Thursdays. Because somebody asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, why do you fast on Mondays and Thursdays? Good question. Because they are the two days your deeds are presented. And he goes, I want to be fasting. I want Allah to look at me with a compassionate look. My servant is fasting, so I will accept his deeds. So think about that. A lot of people are unaware of that. They know, they know that it's sunnah to fast Mondays and Thursdays. You ask them why? Because it's sunnah. He goes, yes, I know it's sunnah, but why? Why did the Prophet do it? You say, oh, because on those two blessed days, your deeds are presented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Prophet said, I love that my deeds are presented whilst I am fasting. There's actually a secret here. The secret here is that Allah ta'ala accepts deeds more readily when you fast. Mm-hmm. 
So think about that. So see, somebody says to you, how do you know your deeds have been accepted? We don't know. We hope they are. We tried our best. If you fast, they are more likely to be accepted. So in Ramadan, imagine, you don't even think about these things. The whole month of Ramadan, it is highly likely that everything has been accepted. Because not only are you fasting, it's a fallat fast. By the grace and mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So now with regards to breaking ties, it is sufficient to point out that those who break ties of kinship, they are cursed. Where? In no other than the book of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Refer to Surah Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Surah 47 verse 22 to 23. So think about that. Normally you get a curse in the hadith. If somebody goes, has Allah the Almighty and Glorious cursed anybody in the Quran? And you say, yes. He's cursed those who break ties. Surah 47 verse 22 to 3. So that's enough to know about how great that crime is. If you're cursed, that means the mercy is, you're deprived of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So at the very least, it is a must to have a strong tie, of course, with your parents, your siblings, your uncles and aunts, at the very least. So parents, obviously, but you have to even mention that now because times have got that bad. Brothers and sisters, obviously. And then, of course, uncle and aunts, your dad's brothers, mother's brothers and sisters. Then, of course, depending upon, but they are your bare minimum. You strive your best. What if you've got a situation where one of them has done something wrong to you and because of that reason you broke ties? So the response to that is, this is one of the deeds which Abdullah ibn Abbas said is beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That you pardon, you overlook, you show patience when someone does harm. Then Allah ta'ala promises, the, uh, ibn Abbas said, that they will have love for you. Mm. But you have to return that with good. <laughs> so let alone, you know, so imagine uncle's upset me, he's definitely in the wrong, I did nothing wrong. Islamically, you should act as if you're in the wrong. <laughs> Give him some sadaqah, send some gifts. Because I'm going to admit it. What are you talking about? And the response is, if you do that, Allah promises immense blessings. It's mentioned in the Quran and also the Sunnah. And Allah meant, and also one of the companions, he said, Ya Rasulullah, I try my best with my family, but they shouldn't be. The Prophet said something amazing to that Sahaba. He says, If you are doing that, Allah will be with you. And you're throwing hot ash into their mouths. So look at the very interesting statement the Prophet made. Allah is with you. That's all you need to know. If Allah is with me, who gives a monkeys if my uncle is still not talking to me? Allah is with me. But he or she will have hot ash in their mouth, meaning you're humiliating them. Right? So not, and this is what really entails family ties. People say, I've keep family ties. You ask them a simple question. So have you kept a family tie with somebody who's broken with you? That's truly keeping family ties. Not the one who comes to visit you and you come to visit him. Everybody can do that. The real one is the one who's actually looking for those who, you know, broken ties. And that's something very special to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if the Quran curses those who break ties, then what about those who are going the extra yard to mend the ties? 
You can expect immense blessings from Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In another report it mentions, this is in Ahmad in his Musnad, number 7593, Muhammad ibn Ibrahim rahmatullah alayhi relates, I came to Sa'id ibn Marjana rahmatullah alayhi, and I asked him about a matter, and he replied, I have heard Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiyallahu relate that Rasulullah said sallallahu alayhi whoever offers the funeral prayer but does not walk with the body or the beer to the graveyard then let him stand until it disappears from his view and whoever decides to walk with it eye to the graveyard then let him not sit down until it is put down eye on the ground. Subhanallah, this is a sunnah. So let's look at this. So this is in Imam Ahmad's Musnad, number 7593, Whenever you get a sunnah, one of the strange things at the end of time, people are fascinated with innovations. And they even you know, bend over backwards to make it sound like it's from the Quran and sunnah. But when you get a sunnah, the same people know eagerness. Right? So this is a sunnah. So what's the sunnah? You've offered a funeral prayer. Now, you either go to the graveyard with the body that's going to be buried, or you go home. In both those scenarios, there's a sunnah for you. If you decide not to go to the graveyard, then you should remain standing until the body leaves. Look how interesting, right? So you just remain standing. You know, now the funeral is offered in the masjid usually. And then you see the body goes outside, you remain standing. He gets into the hearse, you remain standing. When the hearse goes away, leaves your sight, then you get the reward of acting upon the sunnah. But if you decide to go to the graveyard, then do not sit down until it is put down on the ground. Right? So think about that. You go into the graveyard and sometimes you go ahead of the, the body. The sunnah is to remain standing. The problem is if you go in a car, you've already sat. So the sunnah is to obviously walk if it's permissible, if it's, you know, if it's possible for you to do that. Wait until the body comes and when it's lowered or taken out into the grave, then you may sit. Abu Huraira said, this is what I heard from Rasulullah. So the hadith again, what did the Prophet say? Whoever offers the funeral prayer but does not walk with the beer to the graveyard, let him stand until it disappears from his view. And whoever walks with it, eye to the graveyard, then let him not sit down until it is put down, eye on the ground. So obviously, people query, well, what's the wisdom of that? No idea, but they're not interested in Sunnah. Right? The important thing is to get it into your life. But there's always wisdom. The Prophet never gave us an instruction which is not full of wisdom. And to be honest with you, I don't know the wisdom here. Right? But this is the Sunnah. So next time you go to a funeral, just encourage people to get the Sunnah. Thing. You know, mashallah, say, brother, you're going to the graveyard. Yes. Are you going to walk to the graveyard? He goes, yeah, I'll probably walk down. And he goes, let's go. But then you say, don't sit until the body actually is placed into the, onto the, into the earth. Because why is that then? It's Sunnah. 
priceless, right? Whoever follows my sunnah and loves me, the Prophet said, whoever loves me will be with me in paradise. And if a brother, brother goes, oh, brother, I'm a, I'm a bit busy, I've done the funeral, you know, but I've got a trip. Then you say, okay, brother, remain standing until the, the body leaves your view. And he goes, remain standing, why is that, brother? Sunnah. Let the body go, and then you keep standing when it goes, then, then do what you got to do in it, mashallah. And even if you walk away, and the body's still there, if it's out of your view, you've still followed the sunnah. Right? So again, one of the things that you're deprived of is when you offer the funeral prayer, people just sit down. I mean, gup shop. You've deprived yourself of the sunnah. Right? So again, be eager to get these sunnahs into your short lives, you know, tomorrow. So all I mentioned today was again a few blessed words of wisdom from the great Sayyidina Abu Hurairah and again notice he was living the Quran and Sunnah he was a role model in this area not only did he preach he was living it and also encouraging others which is the best way i.e. to share their sacred knowledge are there any questions? let us Subhanallah <laughs> <laughs>